So today is going to be about reflection. Today is going to be about pondering. I am going to make my best effort to be both a, a, a teacher this morning, um, but also a, a seeker this morning. That's going to be, I, I, I recognize the difficulty of that, but I'm, I'm going to ponder the scripture along with you. I'm going to make every effort to experience the reflection, the, the immersion um, along with you today. Um, want to let you know we're going to continue in Luke today and either this week or next week will likely be uh, our last uh, few moments in Luke for a while, okay? Um, rather than uh, force our way through the rest of this, I keep looking at it and we've, we've worked very hard and we've been very, very steadfast on breaking everything down and teaching us where God has us. And as I've looked at these last three chapters, there's, there's just no way to do it right without having eight to ten more weeks of study. And I know that that's okay with you. At the same time, we've been in here about 742 weeks. So, you know, not really, but it feels like it. And I, I could push through and be done by the end of the year. And then we would have spent all this time to, you know, just kind of meh through the last three chapters. So I don't want to do that. At the same time, there is a lot that God is pouring out into myself, into Miss Sai, into Preston, into the elders about the direction that our church is moving and how to continue to wrap our arms around you and, and, and mm, you know, help you move. And in order to do that, we're going to need to lay a spiritual foundation and talk through it. So as we get into Christmas and as we get into January, we're going to do that. We're going to launch ourselves well. And then we will return to the scripture, which will probably take us right up near Easter at the crucifixion. All right, may or may not get it exactly. We'll see how God plays it out. But that's kind of the plan. And you guys know we don't, we're not, we don't hide anything. It's all out here. So that's kind of what we're planning, okay? Kind of what's out there in the mix for the next eight to 10 beautiful weeks. But today, this is where the scripture has us. They came the day, then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed, okay? So he starts with a verse, okay? Very simply on the sacrifice of the lamb, okay? Was this a literal sacrifice of a literal animal? Yes, yes it was. Brought to uh, the, the temple to be sacrificed as an atonement for the sins of God's people. But the lamb has come from heaven, and walked on the earth and has returned to the city of Jerusalem and made his way to the temple in preparation for the sacrifice. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go, make preparations for us to take the Passover, all right? Go get the table set, get, get the food out, get the bread ready, get the wine ready. Go get that set up for, for us, all right? Go do dinner prep, all right? Where do you want us to prepare it? 
He said, if, you're, if you enter the city, there's going to be a man. And that man's going to be carrying a jar of water. And he will meet you. And you're just going to follow him uh, to the house that he enters and say to the owners of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I may eat Passover with my disciples? Gotta love Jesus in this moment. And you gotta love where his disciples have gotten to in their relationship with him. Hey, I need you to go prep the meal. We don't have a house. We don't have a table. We don't have a meal. Nobody's been to the Kroger of Jerusalem yet. How is it that we're supposed to prep this stuff? And Jesus says, don't you worry about it. All right, that little road right there, take it, take it, just toward town. And once you get to town, they're going to be a dude. Not just any dude, a dude with a water jar, okay? Find the dude with a water jar and follow him. Can you imagine? All right, there's a couple of guys like, oh, dee do dee you see him? I see him. Let's go. Do -de -do. Now, if I'm the dude with the water jar, I'm like, what the? <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if we made this a movie and the guy actually saw them following him and he like ducks into an alley and out of an alley and they're trying to chase him and keep up and peek. And then he says, when he gets to the place that he's going, follow him into their house. Weird. Two guys come to town, chase a dude with a jug. He goes in to a house, and they walk right in behind him. Did you all not catch any of this while I'm reading? This is a hoot. And when they get in, they just say, hey, where's the guest room? What? Why? The teacher says, we're going to have dinner. Invited themselves to the table with the guest room to the food, okay? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Gonna be set up already, all right? Go make the preparations. They left and found things just like Jesus told them, so they prepared for the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. What's here is not as important as what's not. You know what followers of Jesus do now? At least, okay, do you know what we do now? When the time came, the people that we deemed worthy, not that guy, not that girl reclined at the table. Not that color. Not that socioeconomic status. Not that sinner. For me, the pondering of this verse is not about what's here, it's about what's not here. Because it doesn't say not Judas. He knew. He, he's getting ready to call him out. And then he's going to hand him the cup. And then he's going to hand him the bread. 
And then he's going to say, this is my body. Broken. And he could have said, by you. See, we will. That's us. This is my body. Broken because of you. But that's not what he says. When I get to the part, I need you to hear the biggest word in there. This is my body. Broken. And he said to them, I have eagerly. He said to them, again, without talking about what Peter would do, without talking about the doubts that they've had in the past, without talking, I have eagerly awaited this, this moment to have Passover with you before I suffer. Now it kicks into high gear. You know, because I'm telling you, and you know, he says it like this and you got to hear it because he's told them and he's told them and he's told them and they've said, it will not happen. That cannot be. It will never be. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Stop speaking because you don't know what you're speaking about. Listen, fellas, I'm not going to eat again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. We're not going to sit like this. Wait, wait, wait. He doesn't say ever. We're not going to sit like this until the fulfillment. Okay, so yes, the cross, pivotal. Yes, the resurrection, where we find the power in and of ourselves. But the fulfillment comes for I go to do what? Prepare a place for you that where I am, you might be also. The fulfillment of the things is you get to be where I am at my table because of this. Because I suffer, you eat. Because I gave, you drink. Don't fret the pain of now. Celebrate the victory tomorrow, regardless of what you see tonight. After taking the cup, he gave thanks. And he said, take and divide it among you. And I tell you, I will not drink again until the fruit of the, from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. Stop. Let me jump back real quick. Two things. For I tell you the truth, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Two little quirky things. Quirky thing number one. We're... we're, we're I want to say we're good Baptists, but we're really probably not, okay? Um, but we are a Baptist church located in the Bible Belt in the middle of central Kentucky, okay? And in, in these cups over here, there will be grape juice. And that's okay. Right up the street, our dear sweet friends, the Catholics, okay? 
will not have grape juice. They will have wine. And it's okay. Okay? The Bible says the fruit of the vine. Okay? Let's just notice that he doesn't specify what you should or should not take other than that which not only comes from the fruit of the vine, that which I created, but I find it incredibly delectable and yummy that he chooses to use the word vine because what? I am the, you are the, and the branches are fed by the, and what feeds us gives us life, and what gives us life is the blood of Jesus Christ because the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin, wipes our sin away so that because he died, we shall live. That's nugget number one. Here's nugget number two. He does drink one more time. He does. You remember? On the cross, he says what? I'm thirsty. But what does he get? Vinegar. Not from the vine. Not fruit. Side note. Everything about Jesus and what he says. It's gorgeous. And he took the bread. And he gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to them and he said, this is my body. The word broken is used a lot of times. But it's not here. So please notice the difference and sit on the word for a minute. Here is my body. Say it. What's the next word? It's not broken here. Given. Not taken. Not given that night. Given long, long, long time before. Do this in remembrance. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for, poured out for, But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. That which will be placed into effect will be placed into effect by one of you. But the son of man will go. I know you're going to do it, comma, and I go anyway. I see your backstabbing, comma, and I go anyway. I knew before you knew that you were going to do it, and I chose you anyway. They began to question among themselves which of them it might be. Church. How do we get so distracted? Read this verse to yourself. Read it to yourself. 
We're talking about the crucifixion. We're talking about the resurrection. We're talking about the death of Christ. We're talking about a monumental marker regardless of race, creed, color, of sex across the expand of history. And Jesus talks about dying, talks about pouring out his blood, talks about the kingdom of God, talks about the fruit of the future of all lives of all eternity. And then he says, one of you guys is going to betray me. Immediately what happens? Everybody at the table forgets everything else that it says and goes, is it you? 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 We can love one another. We can be passionate about one another. We can see baptisms in here. We can have great services. We can have wonderful experiences. And all it takes is a chandelier looking the wrong way or a Christmas decoration not being how we like or a, a song being chosen wrong or the slides not working correct, correctly and we're like hey look at that look at that look at that. I mean we're like squirrels so I love squirrels they're her favorite <laughs> I think the nugget for this moment is this how do I align my life in Christ in such a way that I might not be distracted by the trivial? That through the lens of his life and his love and his hope and his joy for me, that I might not allow traffic, that I might not allow toddlers or teens, that I might not allow anger to steal my joy and distract me from the fact that he's all that matters. And he holds me in his hand. And neither life, nor death, nor toddlers, nor teens, which should be in there, can separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. When you stop focusing on Jesus and begin focusing on the trivial, we see what happens next. A dispute arose among them. Man, we Christians are real solid at this one, aren't we? Churches are way more known for their arguments than they are their evangelism. When you focus on the trivial, Disputes arise, conversation ceases, and arguments ensue. I'm going to go back and write that down. A dispute arose among them as to which of them would be considered the greatest. So here's what happens next. So you see that the focus should be on Jesus, and then it turns to who the bad guy is, and we begin trying to point the fingers to when the bad guy is, but when the focus gets off the bad guy, it always turns back to us, okay? And so now the argument has gone from, oh my gosh, Jesus is going to die, to, oh my gosh, who's the sinner in the room, to, oh my gosh, look how good I am because I'm not him. And it returns to the same thing Jesus said we must stop doing in order to be his in the first place. If anyone would be my disciple, he must deny himself. And Jesus said, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors, but you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? It is not the one at the table, but I am among you as the one who serves. 
Truth used to have a song called Living Life Upside Down. And it was really ADZ, and so are the lyrics, but they're also good. What if we fall into the bottom of a well thinking we've risen to the top of a mountain? What if we're knocking at the gates of hell thinking we're heaven bound? What if, what if we spend our lives thinking of ourselves when we should have been thinking about each other? What if we reach up and touch the ground to find we're living life upside down? Philippians chapter two says, the way up is not to climb. It says the way up is down. For I did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or Steve's favorite word, leveraged. I did not consider myself to have uh, uh, some bank account of spirituality saved up so that I could leverage my own way in. I didn't consider equality of God something to be leveraged or grasped. But he made himself a man, not just a man, but a servant. Not just a servant, but one who would wash feet. Not just one who would wash feet, but one who would humble himself. Not even humble himself in this world, but would humble himself to death. Even death on the cross. Then... God exalted him to the highest place. Do you think ever in those three years or in those hundreds of thousands of years that Jesus, the word of God, knew it was coming, that he said, can we do it different? Do you think he ever said, can we get this over with? Do you think he ever said, now it'd be great so I don't have to worry about it anymore? You know, no. He played it out just like the father's plan. Not my will. You are those who have stood by me in my trials and I confer on you a kingdom. I confer on you a kingdom. I gather with the ones that I have always been with. To confer means there are multiple. This is another place where the Trinity has to be what the Trinity has to be. Over the reaches of all time, I have been in conference with, I have been in consult with the Father and the spirit and we have conferred that this is how we will offer you a chance at eternity what we have may be yours so that you may eat and drink at the table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of israel simon simon satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat but i have prayed for you simon that your faith might not fail i have prayed for you your faith might not fail. Now, I'm going I'm to stop there for this morning. In just a few minutes, we're going to get personal. I'm not going to get personal with you. By your own choosing, you will choose to get personal with Jesus or not. I'm okay. I can't. I don't need to instruct you in, in the, how the conversation needs to go with you and God. What I will ask you to do is this. First, look in. In Corinthians, it talks about those who are about to take the bread and the cup examining themselves. Why are you doing it? It's not to exclude or include you. It's to set yourself up. It's like the sign at the mall. You want to figure out where the store is. You have to know something else first. What? Where you are. Looking in is the you are here moment. 
Paul is trying to get you to be honest about where you are so that Jesus can take you where he needs you to be. Look in. You are here. I can't tell you. Okay? Look back. This do in It doesn't say this do in a played out drama. It wasn't a skit. It doesn't say this do in a dream. There will be a day when perhaps this thing, no. It doesn't say this do in a vision. It doesn't say this was written in an opera or a story. No, no, no. It says, remember that this man, toes, fingers, flesh, blood, lived and died for you. Remember an event that occurred, not that might have been, could have been, should have been, or Christians dream of being. It occurred. Look in, look back, look up. Realize that the gift comes from a place that without the gift we cannot be. A perfect lamb sent from above. This is my son with whom I am well pleased. Like a sheep led to the slaughter, he opened not his mouth came to die perfectly sinless for the sinners. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. There's a story in a, in a book, the tale of the, of the late, the tale of the tardy ox cart. The tale of the tardy ox cart. It's by Charles Swindoll, a, a big name preacher of the last 40 or 50 years. And he tells the story of a little African girl named Monica. And Monica is walking through the village and falls into a well and breaks her leg and she cannot get out. And this, this, this mother figure, and I, I forget how to pronounce the name, Mama Injima in or something like that. And, and we'll just call her Mama. It's not her mother, but she's a motherly figure in the community. And, and, and Mama comes and, and, and tries to rescue her from the well, crawls down in to get her out. And both of them are bitten by a black mamba, one of the most poisonous snakes in, in all of Africa. And as they are pulled out by the rest of the village, they are both rushed to the hospital where Monica's leg is treated and, and mama dies. Now, now mama dies, but, but, but Monica doesn't die. And there's a nurse who is a missionary to this place and, and Monica finds out this information and is, is overwhelmed and, and, and is, is begging for an explanation. And the explanation that the nurse gives her is extraordinary. She says, well, here's what happened. The snake bit her first and all of the venom was gone. So when the snake bit you, there was no more venom left. And then she began to tell her the story of another who died 
so that the snake could not bite us. And though he died, yet shall we live. And this Monica accepted Jesus on the spot in that hospital in Africa that day because the poison had been taken. The sin of the world on Jesus. Look up. And if you can look in, and if you can look back, and if you can look up, <laughs> you can joyfully look ahead. You can joyfully look ahead. The debt is paid. The burden is passed. The price is, is paid. The, 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 the story is written. Preston's going to make his way up here. And um, he's just going to play the guitar for a few minutes. Nice little nativity over here. A baby that will one day give life. If, if, if. I understand that it's inconvenient to make your way down and make your way back. I'm really thankful that we live in a free country where minor inconveniences offer us major blessings. So let me just say that. I want you to do this in your time, in your way. I don't care if you take or not. If you know Jesus in our church, you are welcome to take. If you do not know Jesus, there, there is no reason. It's for, the, it's for the body of Christ according to the scriptures. And it is Jesus who brings you in and makes you a part of the body of Christ. And then we are broken along with him in our spirits and in our hearts so that he may make us new. That is what we're remembering. So as he plays, would you look in, look back, look up, and look ahead. And spend a few moments with Jesus. Take the bread, take the cup on your time. If you need someone to go get it for you, tap someone next to you and say, Hey, would you bring me the cup? Would you bring me the bread?
sometimes whether it's in our own heart or whether it's because of things around us, we, we don't experience worship perhaps like we should. Jesus never changes. His presence is never not here. And I think for the next few weeks, even months, I, I want to do more introspection. I want to do more uh, returning. I want to do more experiencing as we come into this holiday season. <coughs> I want to focus <coughs> on a stable. I want to focus on a scared mother. I want to focus on a faithful father. I want to focus on a planned out agenda that was never thwarted. I want to focus on what wise men do. I want to experience things we've already heard together. I didn't tell you anything you hadn't heard today. <coughs> Maybe I just said it differently. Maybe God's spirit worked through it differently for you. As we close out together, without being overly creepy, I'd like for you to just make sure you got, you got a hand on somebody, a shoulder. Just connect to the body for a moment. Yeah, family, friends, cross the Nile, just in front or behind you. And just pray. And if, you're, if there's nobody, you know, touching you, pray for the person that is in front of you or behind you, not for you. Pray a prayer of blessing on them. Pray a prayer of blessing on their lives. Pray a prayer of blessing on their soul. Pray that they may, might experience God this holiday season. Pray that they might look in. That they might look back. That they might look up. And that they might look ahead. Thank you for your body broken and that broken body that collectively makes a body restored. Church, let's be the body of Christ this season in Jesus name. Amen.